What's going on, misfits? It's officially the middle of summer. I hope you're outside enjoying the vitamin D, letting your abs or lack thereof show. Because who's going to judge us, really? Like, you know, who cares what people have to say? I will say this, though. I have been living my best life by drinking lots of water and practicing yoga. Yes, that is my answer to whenever somebody says, hey, Chloe, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good drinking water, doing yoga, which is true. And it's helped me tremendously with my skin and my body and my flexibility. Also, mama, this one right here has a book cover to shoot. Yes, photo, photographer, hair, makeup, wardrobe, a book cover featuring all of this and then some it's coming your way my book is coming out next year 2019 fall look out for it I'll be talking about it ad nauseum but yeah I have to make sure that my body looks good for my book cover so I've been working out and sweating this week we have a great guest comedian writer actor Jordan Fisher sweet sweetheart southern boy moved to New York with big city dreams and he's killing it he's doing so well for himself uh we talk about his love of wrestling living in a divorced family and all of that back and forth which is very very interesting and the rules and regulations you should have for a step parent I think that's important I think there's people out there who may be going through this and you may want to hear this to see what your failed marriage is doing to your kids shade not shade but it's true you know we got to look out for each other so that's what it is y'all better listen and comment and do what you do which is join my mailing list so you can know all about my book and more you're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit Podcast with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard, coming to you from the scenic and very now expensive and bougie neighborhood of Fort Greene, Brooklyn slash Clinton Hill, depending on which street you stand on. Um, I intended to be in the park today. Um, with my guests, but we are now sitting in my car because I circled around for 15 minutes and could not find parking because that's how overpopulated this area is. Nevertheless, we are joined today by actor, comedian, and writer, Triple Threat, Mr. Jordan Fisher. What's good, gang gang? Jordan, you're so low-key. You're so laid back. He's reclined in my passenger seat. It's comfortable as hell. You couldn't find parking, so your boy had to walk around the park so you know now i'm trying to i'm trying to you know not be funky in your car oh that's shit. okay that's fine. i'm about to go do um hot yoga so we'll both be funky oh yeah in a yeah yeah um jordan hails from north carolina and you've moved to new york how long ago it's been three years now that's it only three years only three years uh yeah i moved in 2015 it feels like so much longer no uh well to me it does yeah i guess so but for me it's, it's i was just talking to someone last night at the the stand about just how quickly the time's flown and, and saying it out loud i was like shit three years like, yeah already uh but it's been a great three years it's been the best move of uh my career you know and what made you up and move uh well i've been doing comedy for seven years down in north carolina and i you know done you know pretty much what I could do there. I had won a couple of competitions and I was hosting every weekend at the uh, comedy club there and, you know, doing the road a little bit here and there. So, you know, it's not like any industry is coming to check for a talent down in North Carolina that heavy. So yeah, it was time to go. And what I, part of North Carolina? Greensboro. Oh yeah. Nobody's coming. To Greensboro. Yeah. Nobody's coming there. So, I mean, I would like, you know, the scene has grown a lot since I've been there. Cause I mean, when we started the open mic that I would go to was the first two Thursdays of every month. 
and it was like 15 people was like a long night it was like 15 comics yeah 15 comics because uh-huh. you know we each did like four four minutes a piece but like you know you go to the host and you know somebody might get there late and you know the list is getting pushed out 12 13 and you know it's like Ooh, i don't know we'll see if yeah. i can put you on it's like and then you get up here and it's like 45 comics on a mic yeah you know, they're doing like two minutes a piece but still it's long yep. as shit yeah oh yeah so but that's where i got my roots and uh i had i had to get up out of there creatively. Uh, speaking of doing shows in north carolina uh let's get into it because this is a long <laughs> post but it's worth every word jordan can you please read us your social media posts. <laughs> okay. Starts out. TBT. This is a throwback Thursday post. I wanted to relive this. I said, uh, 2014, I played an arena in my hometown opening for D-Ray and Mike Epps. I walked up to the Coliseum thinking it was going to uh, be held in the smaller side venue. And I asked the janitor where the, bu- where the building was. And he said, that thing closed last year. Y'all in the arena. So I was like, oh, shit. And I turned to see the Coliseum then looked back and janitor was gone. Uh, I get backstage and I introduce myself to D-Ray and I said, hey man, I'm bringing y'all up. What do you want me to say? He looks me up and down confused and says, you on the show? Uh, I say, yeah. And he goes, you a comedian? And I said, yes again. I'm sorry I'm not wearing leather pants. (laughs) This is North Carolina and I'm broke. And I asked again, what do you want me to say when I bring you up? And his reply was, whatever you can remember. So I'm like, just being difficult. Yeah, this dude's being a dick. So I don't remember shit about him, so I have to pull his IMDB up. And uh, anyway, I do my set in front of the thousands of people in the arena and make them laugh, and uh, I have a great show all around. So I get home, and I tell my mom about the whole D-Ray situation, and she goes, whatever you can remember, <laughs> you should have just brought him up on stage and said, the only thing I remember about this next guy is that he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> so then I tell my dad the same story. And he and my mom have been divorced for years, like, since I was five years old. Like, they haven't lived together since then, like, and they never speak to each other, really. Like, unless it's, you know, pertinent. And uh, he goes, <laughs> he goes, whatever you can remember, you should have gone up on stage and said, the next thing, <laughs> the only thing I remember about this guy is that he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, he literally said the same thing. So I was like, anyway, this isn't a story about he, how D-Ray was a dick in my, uh, to an unknown comic, or how my parents are still in sync after being split after my childhood. Uh, just a memory about how I got to perform in front of the largest crowd ever. It was fun and something I want to do as a headliner in the future. Book me on your show. I'm a comedian. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, how did you get... This is the question that everybody asks. How did you get that? Uh, my boy, uh, Chico Bean, he's one of the Wild Out cast members. Mm-hmm. Uh, he called me up. I was at work, and he called me up, and I guess he wasn't available to do it. So he was like, hey, man, like, you know, they need a host for, for D-Ray and Mike Epps at the Coliseum tonight, like you available and I was like hell yeah so they called me and uh I guess it was um I guess it was like Mike Epps manager or something or his road manager and he called me and uh was like yo is this Jordan I was like yeah he's like uh he's like you a comedian <laughs> I'm like yeah he's like are you funny I was like yeah he's like can you host tonight I was like sure and he was like all right we'll be there at 6 30 or whatever the fuck and uh he came through and when he introduced himself to me, he was like, he's like, you're Jordan. I was like, yeah. He was like, what happened to the white boy on the phone? Mm-mm. I was like, that's me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the white boy. Surprise. <laughs> so, and so everybody, everybody that uh, found out I was on the show was surprised I was on the show, I guess. Like, I was not what 
anybody was expecting in that situation, I suppose. Why? Because you don't sound like yeah. I don't. I don't a hood ass. Yeah, I don't sound like a, a Def Jam. Hold on, comic mute. All right, um, we are now in the park. We were sitting there on a pump. Yep. And then this black queen with her yoga mat, shout out to other yogis, came up and got in her little two-door Honda Civic because that she's an independent black woman who don't need no man. That's an independent she, black she woman. She has a, a, a small footprint. She's yeah. green. She's green. She's a yogi. Of course, she's going to have a little two-door. I know. I shouldn't be talking. I have a Prius. Yeah. Um, and so now we're at the park. And I was just saying to Jordan, as we were walking up, we had a picnic table. I was like, it's always so great to like sit out and enjoy nature and not be ironic you know like sometimes i feel like people be like i'm gonna go sit in the park so people can see that i'm in the park <laughs> you think so really i think sometimes it's like you know i or like you know it's like oh you, you know i'm gonna picture yourself yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna got my i'm gonna tap my toes in the grass and yeah so i live in bedside and one day i was walking cutting through this park uh near the train station mm-hmm. where i live and this guy was sitting on a bench like sitting on a bench this black guy sitting on a bench and one of his homeboys walked by like yo man what's up what you up to he was like mom i'm just chilling he's like why are you sitting in the park <laughs> he was like nigga why not and i was like yeah why not enjoy the motherfucking park nigga. that's hilarious can't be out here you ain't selling nothing yeah yeah you ain't selling nothing out here no yeah this is a nice park though you got kids playing there actually not playing Fortnite. They actually i playing. know and we're in the shade so it was actually like cool uh-huh um I told Jordan when we were trying to find a spot, I was like, oh, I have like a blanket in my, I don't need no blanket. I, I was no like, blanket. I forgot. South. Now how, okay, so let's get back to your story about like the arena and everything. So this uh-huh. was the biggest crowd that you ever performed in front of. Like, yeah. Did you really do well or you did well enough? No, I did well. Like it was cool. Like, I mean, you know, this was 2014. So I had been doing comedy, what, I guess six years at that point mm-hmm. now. Um, but you know it was it went well i was i was definitely nervous yeah because don't nobody know me mm-hmm. you know i'm just some random dude that's hosting this show in front of mike epps and d-ray's audience so and, it's but like and they're not and mike and mike epps and d-ray they didn't watch your set they didn't pay attention no they don't care about they just, me they don't care as long yeah, as you ain't yeah. they don't hear no booze yeah. they fine. mike didn't get there till uh two minutes before he's yeah to get seriously <laughs> i was like uh where my uh <laughs> They were like, you need to go do time uh, after D-Ray just a little bit. And I was like, okay. Like, I did just like, I mean, literally like, you know, a minute. Yeah. Um, and then brought Mike up. But it was so funny because, you know, he was like, I was like, what do you want me to say about it? He's like, just say I'm the next Richard Pryor or whatever. Like, because he was supposed to be playing Richard oh, Pryor. Yeah. But I feel like I lied to 5,000 people now. Because. <laughs> listen, and that's the lesson. Like, don't say anything about a project until yeah. it is edited and uh-huh. hitting the theaters yeah because you go through all of this and like who i don't even know who was supposed to be playing richard pryor Dude, everybody w- got a shot at playing richard pryor chloe you could probably play <laughs> richard pryor because like it, it was literally it went from uh marlon wayans to nick cannon to mike epps uh eddie murphy i think was supposed to play him at one point but then eddie's supposed to be like his father like at no point ever should nick cannon play uh, and richard nick pryor. was like serious about it like he was you know yeah, he's serious about everything. Yeah, he was he was really like trying to be in the character or whatever. And he should not do that. Yeah, and Michael's serious too because you know he was like, I'm gonna do cocaine to be method. Oh gosh, <laughs> well, I, what even happened to that project now? I don't know. I think it just hit too many hiccups. Like it's it's just too mm. much. Like it's got. They're gonna find some unknown person or some like younger comedian that doesn't have like the fa- yeah. Because I think they should. I think they should do that. I mean, you act, you act. Yeah. We were just talking about like acting classes and lessons yeah. and all that stuff. I think a lot of times people don't realize it's okay. I feel like when it comes to white 
movie projects, they're mm. always more inclined to like who's the newest face that we've never seen before yeah and then build that person into yeah. like a superstar yeah versus when it comes to like black characters it's like who can we get that's gonna like, there's draw no fucking reason why zoe saldana should have played nina simone yeah <laughs> no yeah. one asked for that yeah, nobody yeah. wanted that it was not yeah. needed well they don't trust uh the black dollar even though we've yeah, but, proven time and time but again the black that. dollar ain't really like the black dollar is not what catapulted Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. But so, it's like I don't know. I don't know what it is. They like they just, I guess, feel like we ain't gonna see shit if we don't know who it is. Now for for uh, comedy shows itself, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Because like you know, in the city or whatever, nobody's black people ain't gonna go to like no comedy show in midtown if they don't know who's on the the lineup like that that is true yeah. it's always interesting when i do shows in the city like just the regular showcase club so basically the difference in clubs i don't know if i said it but showcase showcase clubs are the ones that have like anywhere from five to eight comics yeah. on it doing the same amount of time like 10 to 15 minutes a show and then the headlining clubs are the ones where somebody comes in for the weekend from like thursday to sunday and it's just them as a the main person and maybe like a host and a mm-hmm. feature but whenever i'm in a showcase club which is mostly like local audiences or tourists and i see black people like oh my god yeah. you hate it right you came yeah. out you on came a tuesday on thank time. you <laughs> I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it really out there because it's a whole ordeal when you got when you ask black people to come to your show. You know, I know shows at eight. Okay, what time you going? The shows at eight. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, time you go on though? I don't know. Oh yeah, what time are you staying after you get off stage? Uh, yeah, if you here enjoying the show, we can they, stay and watch they the show. Show up at nine thirty. Damn, did you go on already? Yeah. The oh, they, show was at eight. They text you. They <laughs> uh-huh. text you and be like, hey, so you still going at the show? I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm sitting at the bar. Yeah. I thought she was in the showroom. <laughs> I don't know. We just have a weird way of like supporting each other. But uh-huh. so, what happened? Did, how did your life change? Did, you, did your life change after that big show? Did you think it would change? Or uh, in the back of your mind, you was like, "This is how I get out." Right? No, I just, I just wanted to do well. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to get booed <laughs> in my home. How much time did you do? Maybe like. 10 15 up top okay. you know did some impressions and shit like that oh yeah, yeah. that's right you do impressions yeah, you're so very unassuming jordan yeah. is very like clean cut cookie yeah. cutter like you would be yeah. the black friend that they cast on any uh-huh. white show yeah like because yeah, i'm the black friend in the real life of, <laughs> of white people like i'm like literally the one black friend in different groups how do you manage that like were you aware of it or is it something that na- happens naturally where you just kind of connect kinda... with these people or I don't know. I guess it happened naturally because, I mean, I grew up like I went to like a white high school. I mean, it was literally like two percent minority, mm. you know, so. I and mean, that's all minorities. That's just not black. Yeah, just all minorities. <laughs> yeah. So Mexican is one Indian kid, you know, mm-hmm. like it It was it was tough the first year, I guess, because it was just an adjustment. But like it was fine. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm still friends with like some of those people from high school, like close friends, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm. The, the godfather to one of my friends mm. from high school you know so it's like but my friend dynamic is very like i had my white group of friends but if you look at like my best friends i have one best friend who's uh arab and black then i have one who's mexican one who's white another's black so it's like we're very like captain planet yeah heroes i was gonna say like a saturday morning yeah. live action yeah. show <laughs> but like i definitely have like my like different white friends just because you know that's just what happened like going to that mm-hmm. school and like growing up in that environment i always kind of grew up in like white environments you know like from 
from a young kid on till, you know, now, I suppose, you know. So so did you experience like any of that Southern racial undertone stuff? Or Yeah. Yeah. Like going to uh, the high school I went to, Northwest High, like there were like, you know, people just would make like racial jokes and shit like that. that you know, did it, they think that you were? Did they think that those jokes didn't apply to you because you were the black friend? No, nah, no, nah, I don't think it. Like my true friends weren't doing that kind of stuff, like in malice. Mm-hmm. But the people that you're just acquaintance with would like say some jokes, just thinking they could get away with the mm. shit. And it's like, nah, you you you're kind of coming you off in poor that. taste. Yeah, you know. Um, but you you just kind of adjust to that. Yeah. kind of stuff and just just shift and you know get yourself away from those types of people you know like i remember one white dude saying like who would ever want to be black or some shit like that like mm. there, there was a few incidences where i was just like what the hell is going on here so like, did you feel obligated to like address it or did you just kind of like i'm not going to associate with that person because I, I feel like we, when you're an yeah. adult and you hear those situations yeah. you're like well you should have said something you also forget yeah. like okay this kid is 14 yeah exactly yeah and i'm kind of like i'm kind of passive so like as a kid i just be like i would you know kind of discuss it a little bit but it was never like to the point of like fighting or anything like that mm-hmm. you know i, I just it's kind of one of those things where i'm like i don't even know how to deal with this person so i'm just move on like i'm just get away like they're an asshole clearly mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna distance myself from that did like, your white friends ever speak out on behalf of you in those situations um uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've had i've had that which is great the allies yeah <laughs> you know before the allies became like a true yeah term nowadays you know uh, yeah, but I mean, overall, it, like the school was fine. Like, like I said, I'm still close with those people mm-hmm. or whatever. So you know, it's it's been good. You know. Yeah. And so you said that your parents divorced when you were five. I was five. Yeah, they split when I was five. Like, I don't have like a a uh, I don't have a memory of the three of us doing some happy shit <laughs> no <laughs> together no oh not even they didn't even come together for your birthday like fake no, it? They do. no they did but like i don't remember it like i don't mm. remember that kind of stuff i remember them arguing like i don't remember do they it. still hate each other now no they don't hate each other like i mean they, they're they're fine they're cordial they get along and stuff i mean that was you know so so long ago mm. um it's just that they don't talk like that like they're you know they live their own separate lives yeah you they know? both remarried no, my mom did my dad didn't. No. You no. Know, oh, is he, is he t- a bachelor? Yeah. Well, I was telling my dad. My dad be having like, like I talked to my dad about like dating issues. It's very mm-hmm. funny. He's, you know, he's like, tell me what you think about this. Is, is this girl crazy or <laughs> am I tripping? Oh, like, oh, so he's like, yeah. you're his buddy now. Yeah. Yeah. And you give him advice. Yeah. But I got, I told him, I was like, he's got, you got to make like a okay Cupid or something. You trying to get your dad online? Yeah. Cause he's not very like tech tech. My dad's one of those dudes that has like, like 38 passwords like because <laughs> like, he doesn't want like to get hacked like oh. so everything like every yeah. login is a different login yeah, 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 yeah. like me if you find out my one or two passwords you got my life i like, know well your dad is thing. smart in that instance we the one that's fucking up yeah but like he also like you know because the older generation loves facebook and yes, they do. My mom is. I'm so grateful. My mom is not. My dad is on. My yeah. dad is on to the point where he'll ask me about my friends, and right. I have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, so I saw Jordan was uh-huh. opening at the arena in Greensboro." Uh-huh. I'm like, "What? Are You're you right. talking about?" Yeah, yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, my dad is was like late to social media. Like mm-hmm. he he asked me. He's like, "So what's Instagram? What's the point of it? How's it work? What's yeah. Snapchat? How old is he? 
He's 55. Yeah. So, and he'll be like, you know, like, what about Snapchat? I'm like, you don't need a Snapchat. He's like, why not? Like, what? I'm like, just, <laughs> you don't need a Snapchat. There's nothing only child? there for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, like, he's like very attached, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now he's on Facebook. He's on Facebook, but he only has like a picture of himself. So help him out. That's what I'm trying to tell him. I'm like, you got to get more pictures of yourself. Like. Because, you know, I told him, like, if you're going to do, like, a okay, keep it or what. I said, first of all, don't be on those swipe apps. Like, you're not, don't do Tinder. Well, no, he needs to go on Match. Go. I was like, yeah, you got to do something but like they that. they got old people meet. They got old people meet. But my dad's the type, he's like, I don't want no frumpy old 55. So what does he old. want? <laughs> he want, like, a nice a 60, like, a, a sexy, like, 47-year-old uh, woman. Yeah. They're still out there. Yeah, they're still out there. Taraji's 47. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but hell, is your I dad sexy? No, yeah, women like my dad. Yeah. Okay. My dad still looks like my age. Like he's wow. he's young looking dude. Okay. You know? So but he's in Greensboro, right? He, he's in Raleigh. Oh, Raleigh's yeah. popping. Raleigh is. He has to, he had to do is go out and go to some bars and meet some ladies. Yeah, but he don't drink like that. He don't drink. Like Yeah, but you don't drink either, but you don't yeah. have to drink to go out to a bar. You yeah, can go and get like a know, soda. Women be like, You're not gonna drink and it's like, nah. You I'm think good. so? I know so. Coming really? from somebody that doesn't drink. See, I'm like, not a big drinker. I'm not a big drinker, so I I don't I would ever ask a guy like, "How come you're not drinking?" Like I wouldn't nah, even. I actually I've get plenty annoyed times. when you drink too much around me. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I've I'm been out with way. guys and and it's just like shot after shot. Do you want another round? And my yeah. max is two drinks. Yeah. And it's always been two drinks, and, and I normally can go out and not drink at all. Mm -hmm. But if I'm out somewhere sociable and, and I'm offered a drink. If I'm not driving, I will get a drink. Yeah, no, my dad will literally be lit off of one glass of wine. Like, be <laughs> halfway through and be like, ooh, my head's spinning. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, then he should like, not be drinking. Like, off the white wine? <laughs> well, he can get, yeah, tell him to get a nice non-alcoholic, like, a uh, beer. He likes beer. ginger beer. Ginger beer? He likes, yeah. he likes either version, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So he could chill with a ginger beer. Yeah. You can, you can get away with it. You, you could sip on a ginger beer bottle yeah. for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got to get him on, like, game. match and stuff. I got to get some good pictures of him and stuff like that, you know. Do it. Go to, Next time you go down there, just set up a little photo shoot with yeah. your dad. Say, Dad, pick out five different outfits. You're going to uh -huh. drive around the city, and you're going to take pictures. Yeah, yeah, I should do that. People do that. That's true. Yeah. Come out so you can get a new stepmama. Uh, yeah. A nice 47-year-old stepmama. I got to deal with that. <laughs> Why not? You tell your mom you're married, so you got a nah, stepdad. No, nah, I'd love for my dad. Then he, then he won't have to call me every day. If <laughs> he FaceTiming, right? looking at his forehead. No. Oh, he FaceTimes you? He FaceTimes me all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you can't, like, my dad is so funny because parents, like, like FaceTime, they just show you their mouth. Oh, yeah. Like the inside of their mouth. You're like, you was see, lunch you good? It's mad headroom. <laughs> right. It's just like yeah. from their nose to the top of their head <laughs> yeah. and the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. I take a picture of my grandmother is 88 years old and I FaceTime her because she has an iPhone. Uh -huh. And I just could not stop taking pictures of her because yeah. it was just straight nostril They shows. love that. They're like, I can see you because it's Star Trek. They're, they're, they're yeah. living the shows that they grew up on. You know? I know, isn't it? That's so, it's so interesting that that is the reality now like uh -huh. they never thought it this was like their what is it called what was that show twilight zone yeah like this is like they're they're living their twilight zone yeah and then and when we get their age we'll be living our black mirror Ugh, that's terrifying there's certain things about black mirror that i kind of like we need to hurry up and make that happen and make it you think i mean it's already made it's just got to be implemented like what exactly I like the idea of recording your life so that it will yeah. reduce crime. Uh -huh. I think from a, from a crime and security standpoint, but of course, you know, with the technology comes the 
the what's to call it the repercussions not the repercussions but the like the how you the get around it you know what i'm uh-huh. saying like yeah. if the if the intent is to record and to make sure the people are saved then somebody's going to be creating the fake you know alternative yeah. memories to sell in a black market yeah. so i think that's the thing but i think either we become either we become super technical where everything is like recorded and accounted for or we just roll back the clock and we just get rid of technology that's the only way to I, save us i don't want us to like because i mean think about just recording at all times like but listen think about it like this how much money how much money is being spent to investigate Donald Trump and the whole Russia thing when you could have just been like, come here, sit down, let me see your memory. Yeah, I guess so. There's mil- it's millions of dollars, hundreds of man hours, Damn. and all you got to do is sit down and be like, scroll back to mm-hmm. November 2015 when mm-hmm. you was in Russia. That'd be terrifying to have somebody get up in your thoughts like that. That's too invasive for me. I don't think it's, it's not the thoughts. It's the what you it's what you experience. I know, but still, it's too much. Because, like, I mean, I don't want you knowing what I experienced. Well, I think that nobody has to know. But if you could ask the question, uh-huh. like when you testify, like if you I go was to just court, copy and paste all of my experience of me jacking off. <laughs> no, <laughs> like no, 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 no. Nobody has to see that. That's what you get. You want to no. see. It's like, this is all I got, officer. I think it. I think it will help. I don't think it's right, but I think it will help. I think that because. Especially now that everybody is fucking into conspiracy theories and nobody believes uh, what the truth like like right. the fact that you can sit four people down and say the sky is blue uh-huh. and the world is seventy percent water yeah and they be like no it's not my th- my dude <laughs> like flat earthers oh. are hilarious to me my thing about flat earthers is that people are convinced that the earth is flat nobody's ever convinced that the earth is never uh, another shape. Like yeah. no, there's no pyramidal earthers no or hexagonal or cubal earthers no. like why why flat or round like i feel like somebody would come along but and be like but why, what about this shit yeah but it's like why are people even validating them but i also read an article that said that like youtube okay when it comes to flat earthers mm-hmm. my theory is you're dealing with people who are not the most intellectually sound and mm-hmm. i'm not saying that they're dumb yeah i just think that they're not the most critically sound people meaning mm-hmm. to come up with something like that and to and to lock into it yeah and to just constantly seek out information that supports it instead of being like let me be critical of this and really yeah. like be realistic and look at like uh-huh. nasa or look at you know the hubble telescope photo like yeah. just you know but like no that's just what it is and just yeah. be so indignant about it right means that you just want to be able to prove yourself right about something mm-hmm. or you just have this mistrust about like information from the world. It's weird. That I mean, you just you want to lock in on this thing. See a ball like. And it, well, they say, well, how does the, how does the water stay in? How does the water, if the earth is, if the, this is something I heard. Well, if the earth the trees is stay on here? Like what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? Well, cause they, how come we can't see that? It's not like, you don't realize how big the earth is. Uh, yeah. I blame I blame the United States education system. There's no reason yeah. why our education system and you come from North Carolina so uh-huh. you, sh- you should know how fucked yeah. up states can pick they and can, choose yeah. what they want to teach. You know what's funny though? It's like yeah, the United States education education system overall is screwed because like in the south you'll learn about things like like um I guess like slavery and civil rights movements type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about, but like other parts of the country, nobody, 
brings that up in school like you oh well like, in the north i we we learned about slavery in third fourth grade like yeah. we were reading about it i've and heard like people like from other parts of the country whether it's like you know i think out the southwest the west, and the west or yeah. like you know even parts of the north they were like nah we just totally kind of skipped it or i've seen online like people saying like you know hey this kind of stuff is new to me like you go on reddit and like you look th- mm-hmm. scroll through the threads people are like yeah this stuff is new to me i'm trying to learn about this stuff because we didn't even touch that in school like yeah. you know we just skipped over and it was like and you know some black, black people had to work month. for a little yeah, bit anyway and, yeah. and like and that's it and it's it's incredible like it's so ridiculous if, and that's just one pocket of you know well, information that also sp- i mean when you talk about slavery you also got to realize that when it comes to evolution mm-hmm I mean, which is why, and as I was thinking about this the other day, I said to myself, it's interesting how a group who is so paranoid and so selfish Mm -hmm. um, came together however many years ago and decided that they were going to infiltrate the system. Was that a mosquito? No, what? I don't know. It's a big old bug. Chloe out here decimating. I'm not trying to get bit, yo. <laughs> the bug um, population. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Um, they'll be around. They'll be here yeah, way after yeah. we here. Yeah. But it's interesting because there been, there's been proven um, studies and research from law enforcement agencies from the CIA on down that there's been a conscious effort of different groups to infiltrate mm-hmm. and to change the laws to their favor. Mm-hmm. So it was done with... Um, white racists. Yeah. So white racists, well, white racists. I was like, should I even say racist? <laughs> uh, white, but so like these um, na- white nationalists or whatever you want to call them, these yeah. KKK members. These straight up like you know we yeah. call them alt writers now, but these racists. They got a bunch of AKAs. A lot of names. They so, appropriating the yeah. black culture of AKAs. Yep. <laughs> so they so they made a conscious effort uh, several years ago that they were going to join police forces uh, and yeah. run for sheriff's office Please. and become the lawmakers yeah. and so now when you're dealing with these racist ass cops uh-huh. that's who you're dealing with and that's why when somebody's like yeah we saw a picture of this racist ass cop mm-hmm. and he had a tattoo of like the Aryan nation uh-huh. because that's what they did yeah. that was their goal was to infiltrate like they have like groups stormtroopers or whatever the fuck they call it. um they have Stormfront, Stormfront <laughs> is the word. But they have like they have all these like uh, websites. Stormtroopers have horrible aim. I know, right? These cops know what they yeah, shoot. Yeah, at. Yeah. <laughs> so they have you know all of these groups. You can look it up and see that they like yeah like we're this is this is the plan. We're gonna join the yeah. law. We're gonna t- and then on top of that, then you had like all of these Christian evangelicals who were like, well, we're gonna run for office. And so they went and they run for office in like tiny small towns, and they started slowly switching it and that's why you have yeah. all these issues of gerry- gerrymandering because they're changing all the districts to accommodate them to keep yeah. winning office so if you uh, if you exclude all of these black people people of color who are nat- naturally gonna vote democratic then you get to win dist- more districts yeah so this was very it's very strategic and yeah. so now you just heard now in um ohio the supreme court ruled that they can erase two million people from the voters poll from the voting um, from the voting registry because they haven't voted recently. So what? who are you purging? Yeah. So if I'm a black woman who's like, I don't want to vote for Trump or Hillary Clinton. Right. Now you are racing me and I got to uh-huh. re-register to vote and take all. So yeah. they're constantly doing things. So when people talk about trust the system, the system has been infiltrated. Tea partiers, yeah. remember tea parties uh-huh. took over the GOP party yeah. a couple years ago? Like tea partiers, these conservatives. And when we talk about education to bring it back to that. 
Betsy DeVos is a Christian evangelical yeah. who does not want the public school system to teach science yeah. and evolution, anything that count in sex education, that anything that counters her Christian values. Her and her husband have been on record talking at conferences. They have videotaped of them, audio tape of them being like, we need to bring Christianity to the forefront. Uh -huh. And so what they do is they created all of this charter school bullshit yeah. so that these private companies and these private entities who have these Christian quote unquote Christian morals and values yeah. can get federal funding from the government to start a school that can teach them the agenda that they want to teach. That's wild. And that's why don't kids are dumb. Don't teach sex education. Don't teach they evolution. Teach an they teach an abstinence. Arm the students in case there's some bear or grizzly that come yeah. up in the school yep. that you can shoot. And the other thing about the whole, like, when people talk about, well, we want our guns because we want to protect ourselves from the government. But y'all the ones that love the government right now. So why you need your guns for? Yeah, exactly. Now, the only thing that gave me, like, a little bit of hope, I was like, well, when they realize that the government really is not in a favor, then right. maybe those guns are coming to use. Because yeah. once, I'm telling yeah. you, once, once Also, what the Trump fuck you really going to do? against a drone like yeah. the government has so much shit they could like they oh, I know. if they you know they don't but have to do footwork on you they can literally just chill up in the sky yep. plat 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 cut off done. cut off the water yeah cut off the electricity yeah like what you gonna people do? are people they the people who love their guns have way too much faith in the government thinking that they have rights yeah like they're like, there's yeah. no way my government would do that. But just in case, but see, that's just mm. a lie. Whenever they say, "Oh, it's for the government," it ain't for the government. For that's the just government. the way of saying like, I want to be able to kill a person yeah. who I don't like. Yeah, for real. Also, if you can afford, like some some of those people have like thirty guns. Let's say they're like trying to protect yes. themselves from like their environment. It's like if you can afford thirty guns, you should be able to afford to move from that horrible environment you're Absolutely. speaking of. You know? Absolutely. Like, no, they don't. No, first of all, they're not even living in those horrible environments. No. The people that have all those stockpile of guns live on land. Yeah. Or they live in the middle of the country with no worries. Yeah. And they are just become fixated on the threat of something that's those the unknown. Those areas are terrifying. That's so much of America. Like, doing comedy, oh, yeah. like, you realize, like, how much, like, each state is, like, three cities tops, and then the rest is just nothing. Yep. Just and it's interchangeable. Like middle of nowhere places where you're like, how the fuck? why do you live here and how is there a college here like, oh oh well that's only that's the industry that's yeah. let me tell you something i feel like i said this before on here but the but the higher education system in this country is a racket yeah it's not about educating and, and producing fine people mm -hmm. because there aren't enough jobs to accommodate the people who have the college degrees. Yeah. It was a racket when they realized that they had to switch from agriculture to industry. Yeah. And people was not going to keep being farmers in the middle of the country because they wanted a part of the American dream. Yeah. So now everybody wanted to go to college. Yeah. So they, they made it a business, which is why you basically like pay, you pay yeah, so much debt, and yeah. you get in debt for it because uh -huh. they know it's a racket. Yeah. I'm not saying Dumb. don't go to college, but I'm just saying yeah, you probably remember, should think remember, about. Remember when we thought our GPAs mattered? No, that <laughs> like, never matter. I used to think that shit back. It don't matter at all. Mm -mm. You got to get Did some you go followers, baby. Did you go to college? Yeah, I graduated from UNCG. I got a uh, degree in kinesiology, sports med. Really? Yeah. Did you play sports in high school? No, not a single one. I wanted to play sports, but my, you know, the divorce, like I couldn't, like, you know. 
what what the, the split the way the time was split like my custody split like so split what was your custody split well i would go to my dad's every weekend during the school year and then it would flop during the summer so i would go to my mom's during the weekend during the summer um, so you would stay with your dad monday through friday yeah. and then go to your mom uh-huh. on the weekend. and i wanted to play baseball really bad my dad still regrets that he's like he's like that's the one thing i wish i could have done for you is like let you so why yeah. couldn't you play it's just, you know, between, like, what the practice would have been and then, like, say, like, the games on the weekend. And then I would have to be in Greensboro or Raleigh or whatever. Oh, they instead, lived. Like, oh, they lived. Yeah, they lived an hour and a half away from oh, each other. Oh, okay, during, okay. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was just been a problem. Um, so every Friday, your mom would drop you off? Your dad would come get you? Yeah, my dad, like, so every Friday, Ingrid, my dad would drive an hour and a half from Raleigh down to Greensboro mm-hmm. to pick me up mm-hmm. and then drive me back that same night. And then we'd stay the weekend in Raleigh, and then we'd wake up early Monday morning, and he'd drive me down to school uh, Monday morning, then drive back. Damn. Then he'd drive back to work what? That, that morning. Shit, well, what time was you getting to school on Monday? Uh, I mean, like, you know, whatever time school started back then. Like, school starts at, like, 8 or something. Oh, something and then like he that. would go back to work? Yeah, yeah. So Damn. He, I mean, he, you know, he, he's committed. And that, that car, like, it was a Chevy Caprice. That car ended up being my first car. I did oh not want God. that car. I did not want that of car. Of course you did. Big ass Batmobile. Yeah. But by the t- it lasted me all through college. Wow. Uh, yeah. Damn. And the, you know, and it was all those highway miles mm-hmm. from like, you know, from since I was a kid. It, the car ended up having three hundred thousand miles on it. Oh my gosh. By the end of it. Your yeah. mama couldn't met couldn't have met him halfway. <laughs> she was like, nope. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, she was mama. Like, you coming down here. There were times where we would meet, like in Burlington or whatever, but that was only like certain occasions. Like she was like, "No, you coming down here?" She was like, "I need my check." <laughs> I need you to come down here. Damn, every weekend. Every That's weekend. commitment. Yeah, yeah, it was something serious. So, boy. did y'all do like fun, like man stuff on the weekend? Uh, if you uh, constitute uh, piano lessons and tennis lessons as man stuff. My dad loves both. My dad's a, is is a musician. Like he he you know plays uh, taught himself jazz piano all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Was like all state trumpet like back in high school and you know w- was in the marching band in college and all that kind of stuff. And um, but yeah, so he would teach me piano as a kid, and I hated it. You know, cause mm-hmm. my, you know your hands are small. Yeah, and you're trying to reach all these keys and do these majors and minors and shit like that. Um, but. I ended up learning a few songs. I've lost most of it. I can only play Misty now. <laughs> but, like, I need to, I want to get back into it, you know? Yeah. And, like, tennis, I played with him a lot, and I didn't appreciate it until I got older because I really wanted to play baseball. Like, mm-hmm. we would go out and, like, play catch and stuff like that and, you know, uh, hit the ball and all that kind of stuff. But that's what I really wanted to play. So I was, I used to hate because he would watch this is back in the day like when you know, you, cable was basic cable. So yeah. he, it was like maybe 30 channels. Yeah. And, it was Saturday morning cartoons. Like, that's what I would watch. No, but it would be Wimbledon. But it would be Wimbledon. So he'd be, like, just commandeer the TV to watch Wimbledon. And tennis is boring is as boring fuck. And it can be long as yes. fuck. Like, because they'll play, like, they'll have, like, two, three different matches throughout mm-hmm. the day. And the matches, if, if it's the men's, you got to win, what, th- four out of seven yep. or some shit like that? Yep. I'd be like, okay, so, Dad, so how's this work? You gonna, He's going to win a set. And then once they win the set, he wins that, right? Mm-mm. He's like, no, he's got to win the set. He's yeah. got to do that the most, five more times. Yeah, because women is then, three out of five yeah. and, and men is five out of seven. Yeah, or and he's like, he's got to do that five more times. And then on top of that, then it starts all over until they get 
the I'm like, so they gotta do this literally like forty times. Like And he's uh, and he's loving it and you're like, what the And he's talking he used to record dude, me and my dad I remember because I'm a huge wrestling fan. And <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because yeah. you've tra- you've huge as in you've gotten on a plane and yeah, traveled. Yeah, to- yeah. Went to WrestleMania in New Orleans this year with my girlfriend. Like, does she was- like wrestling? She did as a kid. She used to watch in like fifth oh, grade, okay, okay. but she hasn't watched wrestling in years. Mm, that's so, love. Yeah, she must really, really. But love she had you. never been to New Orleans too, so I was like, Oh well, that counts for I was more like, than the yo, wrestling. Match. I'll I'll pay for your WrestleMania ticket and my WrestleMania ticket. You just get your flights and stuff, and we'll go down to New Orleans. You know, get some good food or whatever, and watch some wrestling. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I loved wrestling so much, and my mom like for a period like uh, we didn't have cable, but my dad did. So I would depend on him to record mm. wrestling for me on Mondays. So like when I got there yeah. for the weekend, I could watch it. <laughs> this is like VHS days. Like sometimes he would record it on like we had like a shitty VHS. Oh yeah, like that he just re re recorded. Yeah, on. like he would use the good VHS for tennis, oh. and then like one time, like sometimes he would use the shitty VHS for my wrestling. And he'd record it, and then you'd watch the rest of it, and it's just like zzz, 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 yeah. zzz, zzz, doing that. And it's unwatchable. You can't Damn. hear Stone Cold. It's just like, Austin 36, The Rock. He's just like, what the fuck is this? I remember one time we, I got so – I still get mad at him to this day. I told him to record uh, an episode or whatever on the DVR, mm-hmm. and I made him pro- – he promised me he would not record over it or delete it. And he ended up doing it, and I was so hurt. Like, I was pissed. Did he realize he did it, or? No, he knew. (laughs) He knew. Like, he wanted to watch his tennis or whatever the hell. And, like, I was so mad. He was like, I didn't think you'd get so mad. I'm like, you know this is what I, like, this is the one show. This is the only reason why I come here on the weekend. the one show (laughs) I watch every week. He was like, you want me to come live with you, and you won't even record my wrestling. <laughs> did you end up li- going to live with him? No, no, I never did. No? No, because, I mean, it, you know, you girl, they're, all your friends are down there. I, all my friends are down there in Greensboro and everything But once like you that. went to college. No. Oh, dude, once I went to college, I didn't want to live with nobody except me. You know? so, you, so you stayed on campus all four years? I didn't even live on campus. I, I Me and my friend, my friend who... Uh, I'm the godfather of his kid now. Mm-hmm. Like we lived in a house together, mm. like all four years. He his um, grandma had a piece of land, and she lived next to us. And she had, and it was like his uh, great granddad's house or something that we lived yeah. in. Um, and we lived in that house for two years. I ended up living it for like four or five years. But he um, he moved out like by sophomore mm-hmm. or some junior year to go live with his now wife. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so they, and they live on her family's farm, you know? Oh, look at that. Talking about shit. land and farm and yeah. stuff. And here we are yeah. in a park, Uh huh. like a, somebody from down South would see this park and be like, what, what is that little piece of land? Yeah. Y'all call a park? Yeah. This is my backyard. That house ended up like being great. Cause like, uh, they, the government took that, piece of land they build a highway through it what yeah so it's like totally different you, it's unrecognizable um, but they had to pay them but they for had the to pay they had yeah. to pay me so they paid you yeah how do you pay oh because i was a renter so they had to give oh. me some money oh so you when you left they was plowing it down yeah but like, so the grandmother's house is still next door no everything's gone like oh, all wow. those houses it's, it's literally like you can't recognize you would never know there were ever anybody living do they on that really land. need the highway 
No, but I mean, I don't know. I when I go back now, I'm just like, oh shit, this is like it's. I have to use the GPS. Like I used mm. to not have to use the GPS through that area, but now I have to like realize. But that, but that little chunk of money helped me move here to oh, New York. Oh wow! So I like was able to get a job transfer from the place I was working and uh, get a job transfer up to here. And then I had that little nest of money to, you know, so I didn't immediately go broke either. So it was oh, that's like, great. It was perfect. It was what like, it was, was like stars aligned. I worked for a company called Fastenal. It's like a um, industrial supply chain. And so I worked in a warehouse until I broke my leg and then started working for their HR and then got transferred to the store once I moved up here. What's the store? Fastenal. It's like, it's, it's, you know, hardware and stuff. Oh, you still do that? No, no, I haven't. Dude, I'm so glad I don't work for that. I haven't worked <laughs> for them in two years or so. Wow. Um, I was like getting like, because I worked for them like since I started comedy, mm -hmm. like at the beginning of college until I moved here. Like, and so it was like eight, seven, eight years working for that company. And I was like getting depressed working for there because, you know, mm -hmm. you, you want to do comedy as your full time and you're trying yeah. to make your next thing happen. Yeah. How can you, you know like make enough money to survive off a of comedy and not have this day job you hate and i was just like man it is like i'd be coming in late because you know it had i didn't want to peel myself out of bed to go there yeah like that that's the hardest part is like when you when you first start hitting the scene in new york mm -hmm. and you realize that i want to say 40 percent is actually what you do on stage and 60 percent is what yeah. happens off stage mm -hmm. like the hanging out and socializing and being out and being seen and people yeah. vouching for you and you know making right. connections and then you're like damn i can't do that because i gotta get up in the morning right yeah and they make fun of you like oh you going home it's only midnight you're like yeah and it's midnight this i got a job yeah <laughs> it's just like, like, i gotta get up i gotta get up at seven not yeah. even six and a half hours yeah it was it was yeah i've been full-time I say I called a full time funny for mm. five years. I've been doing yeah. comedy eight, yeah, eight years. Uh -huh. So yeah, yeah, that's quick then. About after three and a half years, I was doing colleges, and so that was it. See, that's real quick. See, like I was like, that's what ended up, you know, getting me full time was was colleges because mm -hmm. I was at my wits end. I remember I was at, I think it was a funeral, and I was <laughs> just like, man, what do I gotta do? Before I'd be in one of these boxes and <laughs> <laughs> not be doing comedy. And uh, so I texted Miss Pat. Um, you oh, know her? Yeah, 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 Miss Pat. She's yeah. out of um, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's, she's cool. from Atlanta. I think she's yeah, from Yeah, I think she's like in, in Atlanta. Yeah, she stays in Atlanta, maybe. She might still be in Indiana. I don't know. But um, but she's uh, Miss Pat is a super funny yeah. uh, comedian, and she has a book out about her life. Mm -hmm. And she's also, she was also rabbit. on. Yeah, Rabbit. She was also on Ari Shafir's uh, This Is Not Happening yeah. Storyteller Show on Comedy Central, so you can Google that. But she's really, really funny. Yeah, she's great. But I texted her because I saw her like on. Um, I guess like one of the college agencies like mm -hmm. websites or whatever and I was just like yo like what do I do like you know how do I get in with the college agency blah blah and she was like just send them your shit you know whatever and I kind of put like I guess her as a reference or whatever mm -hmm. but I sent my uh, my tape and like resume out to two different college agencies both of them got back to me uh, and one was like you know like we'll, we'll talk to you in two weeks the other one was like can you talk tomorrow mm -hmm. and I was like yeah <laughs> Are they still your agent now? Yeah, yeah. Good. Still, I'm still with them. But, like, I had sent my stuff off. To, I had only known, like, one other college agency before then, which mm -hmm. was, um, shit, uh, Summit, I think. Yeah, I'm with Summit. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was Summit. So I had sent my stuff to Summit, like, you know, years prior. Yeah. And then I tried again, like, years down the line. And both times they were like, eh, we don't think you're what. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, all right. And I just felt like, 
you know you yeah just, but you can't yeah. the thing about when it comes to college yeah. agencies you really can't take it personally because unlike say like a talent like a talent agent yeah you know a college agent works with a much smaller list yeah and if they have the black guy yeah they got the black guy exactly so they because they because they shoot because really they will be shooting themselves in the foot yeah to have four type right. four jordan fishers yeah yeah but see like the thing is like at that point in time i was just like that's the only one i knew of yeah yeah, yeah. so i was just like man like if they don't accept me like then i don't know who else to go to but then i was just like google search college agencies yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. see There's whatever so comes up and i was like and the thing about all it, they're right. all friends they all yeah they all know each other they go to the conferences yep. every couple months like mm -hmm. they go out and drink and like they are cool it's yeah. not a competition amongst them yeah they'll so. talk about they'll be like oh you got that kid i like that yeah. kid blah 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 they're not yeah really so that's what i did i got with them and started surviving off like Cosmo, it got tight. It got oh, it always gets tight. tight. It gets tight because you're like, you only really, if you're doing college, you're only really working like six months out of the year yeah. and doing those shows. And yeah. then the other half of the year, you're like, summertime is dry. Yeah, for real. Because there's been times when I've made a shit ton of money. And then by like August, I'm like, oh, I think I'm ready to go back on the road. Right, yeah. I got my bills. Because you don't uh -huh. realize, you don't realize how much money you spend each month on all your bills. Yeah. Like from, rent to utilities to cell phones mm -hmm. to food to yeah. clothes like like it's a couple thousand dollars yeah and, and it's interesting because when you're a kid and you're thinking like okay i'll get a job and i'll make forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars a year yeah that's like that's a good amount of money to start uh -huh. on and then you're like okay well from that forty thousand all right now i live in new york city uh -huh. so my rent now is yeah fifteen hundred uh -huh. a month this is you know yeah back then yeah so now your rent will be eighteen fifty a month. I'm so glad my rent's not eighteen fifty. Well, that's because you have a roommate and you I live know, in the fucking that, yeah, butt crack in the, of Brooklyn. Yeah, I live in the, the back of the kneecap of Brooklyn. Yeah, I uh, my rent's so cheap. It's so great. Yeah, but you're far from everything. I'm far, but I had like for now. But that's what you ha what it I has to be. Do that. I gotta do that. My rent in North Carolina for that ho whole house. I paid two hundred dollars. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was Wait, an old so house. It was a little two bedroom house, one bathroom. You know. So once your friend moved out in sophomore year, you never got another roommate. No, I thought I was gonna have to. I was I was gonna get one so for two hundred dollars, nigga. You make a way. No, but they were like they were like, oh, you're gonna pay both, and but it ended up just being like they were. I was cool with the family, so they're like, just pay your half. You're cool. Just stay. Like we trust you. Yeah, because you know what it is is like when you let somebody that you don't know into yeah. a house, they could be crazy, and mm -hmm. you gotta get them motherfuckers out. Yeah, yeah. So so you're so they, so when you left and you got that check. Mm -hmm. How much did you get? I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> Give me a round, cause I want to know. It's what, gone. It's gone now. No, I just want to know what was the uptake off of two hundred dollars a month. How much did you get compensated <laughs> when you was only paying two hundred dollars a grand? month? You grand enough Shit, to enough to where a, I was like, okay, cool, I'm good, like I'm I'm out, you know. And so his family's left their house too. Yeah, all all of it's gone. Like this is wow. gone. Like, yeah. yeah, expansion is crazy. It's all gone. So what is what is life like here like when you first got here what was it was it a shock did you know anybody in new york i knew uh i know i feel like I everything is falling in the back of my pants <laughs> like like all the little pieces of wood and yeah, shit it was the wilderness i knew uh evan williams 
Um, he's also from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Evan, I knew him. Um, we did like the same competition together mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, I knew Paul Hooper. We worked together a couple times, and then Gary Goldman, because mm-hmm. um, me and Gary worked together at Good Nights in North Carolina. And this is like around the time I started thinking like I want to move. Yeah. And I told him I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about moving to New York. He was like, yeah. He was like, you should come up. He was like, come up. Let me know when you. But get you know, let me tell you something. And there's no shade to Gary. Yeah. Every headliner says that yeah. to the one comic who was good mm-hmm. on their weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you should definitely. That was funny. That's everybody yeah. says that. Like, yeah, move to yeah. New York. Yeah. Then they but don't the thing tell is, you. Like, the only good thing about him, like we had worked together. This was like probably our. Because we had worked one weekend together, and then we worked another weekend mm-hmm. together, like a year later. Yeah. So he had seen me a couple times at that point to where he could, like, actually say, like, yeah. you know, like, come up, um, which was nice. He was like, you know, like, when you get there, let me know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, no, I Gary is a really nice guy, but I'm yeah. I'm letting people know yeah, if you are listening, say, yeah. everybody. It's like yeah. a, it's like um, way back in the day, not way back in the day, but mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. Um, the precursor to like Kim Kardashian social media was Paris Hilton yeah. and Nikki Richie, Nicole uh-huh. Richie, uh-huh. and they were best friends. And they had this show called The Simple Life. Yeah, I remember that. And so they were going to like mm. Middle America and doing mm. jobs and meeting people. And so they met yeah. this boy, and he fell in love with Paris Hilton. Uh-huh. And he, she was like, "Come to LA, you should yeah. come to LA." <laughs> yeah. And he came. She was like, "What the fuck are you well, doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you I'm not gonna, gonna date you. You were just the cutest guy in the cornfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I moved up and, uh, you know, hit him up like, hey, you know, I'm here. And he introduced me around mm-hmm. and it was super dope. It was super nice of him, you know, like we're still we're still cool. You know, it's nice to have that kind of person vouch for you. you so know? what are you going to do the next time you run into D-Ray Davis? Bro, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like I hear he's like everybody that's worked with him says he's a nice guy. Like, mm. well, you know, people that I know that have worked with him, this mm-hmm. nice guy. But that also might be just because, you know, they're coworkers. Yeah, or well, they you know? know who he is. I yeah. think it's terrible for a comic to shit on another comic. Now, yeah. I will say this. Jordan and I just did this backyard show, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. It was a cool little backyard show in this yeah. area, actually, yeah. in Fort Greene. Um, and it was a bunch of comics sitting in the back. And so my my rule of thumb is if I've never met you before. Yeah. I won't introduce myself until and if, and we're both on the same show. Mm-hmm. I won't introduce myself until we both perform. Yeah, just because it's like I don't want you to think that I'm like trying to right not check you or you uh-huh. know. Also, I realize that people I've been told that people don't think that I like them when they first <laughs> meet me because you'd be side eyeing. Um, <laughs> which is my side eye has no like emotional like connection Connected to anything. To it. it's, it's just, just like. It's just yeah. my face. Yeah, it's my face. <laughs> um, so I always know that I'm mindful of like how people yeah. can receive me. So like I don't introduce myself mm-hmm. into like, yeah, you perform, you have a good set or not, or right. I perform, I have a good set or not. Just yeah. so it's like a yeah. end of it's the even. yes, yeah, even. And so I went up and I introduced myself to a comic who I never met before that mm-hmm. was on the show. And Nori Davis, who has been on the podcast, was sitting there. He was like, you know, Chloe, that's mighty big of you. <laughs> that was really nice of you to do that <laughs> because some people be so phony. You were so nice. And I was like, shut up, Nori. <laughs> because now that you said that, it made it look like I was being <laughs> phony. Hilarious. But I think that that's the thing that I'm, I'm mindful of when you talk about, like, people getting to know you. It's mm-hmm. like you want you want to make that good impression. Yeah. But in the case of D-Ray, he had no point of reference. 
weeks. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, who? Okay, fine. If you say so. Right. Yeah. But, but if he had seen you perform, yeah. then maybe he would have come up after like, hey, mm-hmm. man, nice to meet you. Good right. job. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But he probably was like, who's a small town kid yeah. coming up asking me? He should know who I am, which is the right. wrong way to approach it. Yeah. I never assume yeah. that people know who I am. Right. And I, yeah. and I have friends who be like, you're famous. I'm like, I'm definitely not famous. Right. But then I'll I'll say that and it's happened. I've yeah. said like uh, nobody knows who I am. Like I'm just a comedian, and then we'll be at like brunch and somebody's like, "Oh my god, right? <laughs> yeah, are you the?" And yeah. they be like, "Bitch, we just told you that you yeah. are out here." That's and I was hilarious. like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, it's crazy because it's like I knew who D-Ray was, and it's like I think he's funny, and it's like I just need to know what you want me to say because about it's you. a certain level of professionalism like, yeah. that you still want to have. Like yeah. the worst thing you can do is assume that you want you yeah. assume that you know how people want to be introduced. Yeah, it's like you might have some project you want me to you know yeah. shout yeah. out or whatever, and it's just like, man, all right. This, this is how you want it whatever so now you know for the future when you're opening when somebody young kid is opening up for you you're going to treat them really nice yeah and it doesn't take it doesn't take much to just welcome somebody for like real. hey man thanks you know this is exciting it's gonna be yeah. a lot of fun have fun out there yeah. like even just saying have fun out there mm-hmm. is enough to just yeah. calm somebody's nerves for real yeah oh boy it's so how long you been with your lady it's been a year a year yeah and you met online. We talked about this. Bumble. I'm about to delete Bumble, by the way. Really? Yeah. I'm about to delete. Bumble's to delete. dope, though. I I'm like done. I think I'm done. I go through phases where I'm, like, done with social media dating. Uh-huh. I, like, I call it social media. It's yeah. app, app dating, I think. I was, just talk, I was literally just talking to a girlfriend of mine. She was like, all the worst people are online dating. Eh, I don't know. I think, I. you know what, I think the it's really. ratio. I, I think it's really. It is pretty shitty for for women online dating mm-hmm. because guys are just looking for the quick fix. They're so just trying to get to the quick. What made you want to date her? I don't know. I mean, she just she just kind of stuck around. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> don't lie. Hey, it is. No, it was like no. I liked her. We're cool. Like we like she's laid back. Like she's got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. She's good people. She's got a really big heart. She's kind hearted and like you know I. It was just one of those things where, you know, she was like, how do you want to do I was like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Like, I'm cool with that. I think that's like, the best way to go. And I was cool with, like, just keeping things going and seeing how they progress and, you know, being exclusive. And it's it's fine. Like, then it just got to the point where it's like, yeah, we're we're boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Um, so, which is, yeah, it's just now nice. Your girlfriend is white. Mm-hmm. Do you, and I wouldn't have, I don't. I would never really ask this question, but I think because of the political climate, yeah. how do you guys address or have conversations about like what the fuck is going on? Oh, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Where's she from? She's from Queens. She's oh, from, okay. She's from Howard Beach, which is a, which oh, is a really yeah. racist area. Super racist. Yeah. So, and she knows that. She's yeah. like, dude, like the people in my neighborhood are racist. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that shit. Like, have you been there to like meet her family? Yeah, and stuff? yeah, yeah. I go over to their family's house all the time. So they love you. They love me. Yeah. yeah. They're like, but they're is it cool. like a real love? Like, like they love no, you or they, they love you because no, you're dating they're like, their daughter? They're like, okay. yeah, we get along. Mm-hmm. Like every time I come over, like her mom's, hi, lovey, come here. Gives it's, me a kiss. She doesn't have like one older brother who's like, uh-uh. no, she's got a twin. Like, okay. Yeah, she's got a twin. They're fraternal. Mm-hmm. Um, her twin's a, a doctor now. Like, oh wow! Literally going to the graduation party this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Um, and my girl is a uh, uh, social. She works in healthcare policy for mm-hmm. uh, uh, city council. Um, but yeah, sh- 
dude, we talk about that race stuff all the time, like all types of discussions. Cause she, you know, she worked in like social work, like she yeah. went to school for that. So that's like right up her alley, like, you know, LGBTQT rights and, mm-hmm. you know, race rights. And my girl, like, has gone to all the marches like i mean like <laughs> she's she's got a punch card for the marches like you got one free march coming up yeah um yeah so she's like really into that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so we have those types of discussions all the time and just like getting my perspective on it and you know and uh just how she feels about that kind of stuff because she's she's like can't stand most of the shit that's yeah. going on yeah. she's, she's just like white women are trash and white <laughs> men are trash and just like all the time like she's just yeah she's just that type of person no it's, i think it's interesting i think you know to find somebody who comes from a different background but you can mm-hmm. still have those like honest conversations yeah. definitely does help yeah well i know you got to get out of here in this beautiful day yeah. but i like to end it the way i end all of my podcasts jordan fisher what makes you a social misfit a social misfit and however you interpret that, because I ask that and people were like, you mean like my social media habits? Like, uh-huh. no, just whatever. Uh, Personal social media, whatever. Uh, I think just um, Hold on, wait as for the this. ambulance is going by. Shout out to all the nannies yeah. in, the, in the park with their white babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Okay, we're I think uh, social misfit for me just comes from, uh, I guess, just challenging those types of conversations like that I have with my girl and then channeling them into like what I say on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, just taking exactly what we have going on in today's social climate, like dissecting it and uh, making fun of it or like shedding light on it and just dealing with it head on, like in front of audiences, because, you know, there's there's times where it feels you can feel the discomfort you know mm-hmm. and the audiences i had like some lady like try to like white explain to me the other mm. night at a club like literally stood up Mm-mm. like and the whole crowd booed her <laughs> yeah like, like like she was getting booed like she got booed three times Damn. like it was, was she so drunk? great she i think she was a little faded but like it was a whole table of just like these yeah brunch ladies that were just like oh so you're just gonna pick on one and i was like oh, okay here we go and the crowd was like not having it no like, good just trying to explain good. my experience to me so i think just facing that kind of stuff head on uh makes me a misfit because so many people are just kind of willing to like just fade into what's going on and allow it to happen i'm mm-hmm. like nah fuck that yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of doing what we do is to, like, take your experiences. And yeah. you have a unique experience being that yeah. you are a black man from the South uh-huh. who had, you know. Got a white stepdad. I got what? A, I got Motherfucker, you, why you, you did not, <laughs> you should have said that. We got to talk about that. Yeah. Your dad, your stepdad is white? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did their family we like that's funny like we didn't uh my said that we don't really go to their family that much like they live in georgia mm-hmm. and they like you know black families we do like family reunions yeah. like every summer like they're not like that yeah at all you know um so yeah like my stepdad you know more hangs out with our, our you know my mom's yeah. side how did they meet um through work or something mm-hmm. it, i think they had there was like some kind of work function that he was at and she was at like and they didn't work at the same company yeah it was but just like, like some kind of so, yeah and so when she brought home this white man what did you say i mean i was like five or six so i didn't know what the, oh. it was just like you oh, know yeah that's right i was such a kid that i was just like all right and my mom like wasn't bringing around like she wasn't like showing who she was dating mm-hmm. you know so it was, it was just, just like he showed up like mm-hmm. it was just a, this was the only man i got introduced to. how old were you when they got married 
nine. nine. Oh, so he was around yeah. for a while before yeah. they got married. Yeah, nine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so did he try to be your dad? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, Was he, there, like, growing still, pains of, like... Oh, yeah. We, we've we had some serious bumps. <laughs> yeah. Like, serious bumps. Like, yeah. it was... Now, was he speaking on behalf of your mom? Or no. was he speaking on behalf of himself? Himself. Yeah. Mm. Like, I feel like, like, throughout my childhood into adulthood like i've been in the middle of parental relationships Mm -hmm. all the time like i've always been like the Mm -hmm. just stuck in the middle of shit yeah where it's like this is y'all's thing y'all have to handle like you can't use me as like the like well jordan feels this way like you know like that's the the oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so So it was like what was the biggest thing y'all ever got into it over I don't fucking know. Just it's just shit. Just stuff. Like, like he was he was hands on disciplinary. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh he oh he yeah. had carte blanche. Yeah yeah. Wow. But it was like, but my mom's not and my dad's not. So, so where did he get problem. that from? It was a problem. His dad. Like his I know. So your your mom and him never sat down and was like, "This is how we gonna raise my son." I don't son. know. Like, I tried to tell my mom, like, "Look, <laughs> like." So 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 your mom would come home and you'd be like, "Yeah." So he's trying to like yeah, discipline me about like, something, and she'd be like, "Okay." I don't. I don't know, man. She like, just conceded the, as like the I woman. I suppose so. Like it's one of those things I still want to talk to her about. Be like, hey. <laughs> Like, yeah that's interesting yeah, and so yeah. you would tell your dad and he's like oh yeah it was a problem like of course it's a problem yeah but and the thing is my stepdad is like a six two <laughs> 270 pound dude my dad is built like me i'm 140 pounds <laughs> <laughs> it's built like me so i'm like i'm like yo uh troy is hitting me upside the head and my dad be like with how hard he hit you <laughs> like because like, you know <laughs> I'm the same size as you. You it looks like you're gonna have to knuckle up. And your up. mom just never. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's something she talked about, but it's still like I don't know. My dad, my stepdad was a hothead like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like he, his temper is toned down so much. Yeah. Like as as we've all grown up. Mm-hmm. But like he used to have a fucking. So short was he temper. the same way with his biological son from your mom? No. Oh like, come on! Really. Like not really. No. Like. Yeah, not really. And I mean, I get along with my brother super well. Yeah. You know? How old is he? He's uh, 19. Okay, so he's yeah. still in the house with them. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. He's he's you know doing his first year of college and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, like I don't, uh, you know, he got like spanked here and there, but no, it wasn't the same way. Like, and your mother never noticed it. I don't know if she didn't notice it or not. So now, am I opening up a womb that you like? Gonna be no, thinking about. No, I know. No, this is this is something I know. Like, okay, this isn't you opening it. So when like, are you gonna? So not when, but like, yeah. is it something that at some point you're gonna have a conversation with your mother? Maybe I don't know. Like it's one of those things. I'm actually kind of like creating some shit uh-huh. around it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, because that's um, what we do as yeah, artists. We yeah. we we funnel our pain into a yeah, project. Yeah, and then make money yeah, off of it, exactly. and still never address it, right. and then be successful, yeah. and then be drinking. And it. then you find somebody in a hotel room. Yeah, pretty much, basically. <laughs> yeah. it's like I never. It's like I didn't know he had so many problems. No. Like, look at all the shit yeah, he was yeah. talking about. But yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, like we definitely like mended wounds like over the years, but it's still like. One of those things where it's like, yeah, it's. But how did it even get to that point? Like, yeah, you want to know like the why? Me, yeah, me and my dad like are close. Like, I mean, my dad got on my nerves like all through my childhood. Like, mm-hmm. I like he still gets on my nerves sometimes. But, but like, he love he's but, smothering yeah, you yeah, with love. Yeah, but like we'll talk on the phone for like three hours, mm-hmm. literally. Like, and it's it's fine. Like, and we can talk about whatever. My mom and I are close. Like, I used to 
spend a lot of time with her, like talking, but we don't like call each other that much mm-hmm. really anymore. When I go home, it's all it's all good. But my stepdad and I like we have a relationship, but it feels more like we talk at each other. Like yeah. it feels like acquaintances almost sometimes. Like when we're like catching it's up, it's very cordial, very yeah. surfacey. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Like we still get along and hang and all that kind of stuff, but it's it still feels surfacey in a way. Yeah, you know. So yeah, but I mean. Overall, it's still like a now it's like it's a good dynamic mm-hmm. for because you don't live yeah, there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. You gotta worry about shit. Well, Jordan, <laughs> where can everybody follow you on social media? Uh, J Fisher Comedy. That's everything. Instagram, Snapchat. F I S H E R. There's no C in it. Just J F I S H E R Comedy. Thank you guys for listening. Jordan, thank you for being an amazing guest and joining me in the park today. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Peace.